Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, joined again by Maurice Patton, back in the Lee Company studio. How are you feeling? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yesterday was a long day. Um, probably not as long as it was for you. But... <laughs> it wasn't so bad. Oh, good. good. It, we, we, had, we had a lot of fun talking with a lot of guests. We had four of them, so. It just kept them going. And then, Heather and David and who and who? Uh, Xavier Smith talking NBA and, of course, Terry joining us for mm-hmm. Titans Talk. So, yeah, it was it, it was an interesting show. A, a good time was had by some. Well, there you go. And that's all that matters. Yeah, really. As long as it was enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we, 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 had a, we had an okay time, and, and, and we're, we're glad to have you back, I can assure you. Well, uh, at least, at least I am now. Yeah. Anybody else, I can't tell you. Well, I mean, you're all that matters. So. Yeah, there you go. Because you know, my my safety on this show is important. There That's you what go. I'm saying. Uh, we've got a good show today too. It's high school football preps Thursday, so looking forward to that because always a good time. We'll get a chance to talk with the local coach, and we'll get to do that with Mount Juliet's Trey Perry. Uh, so long as Justin doesn't cut him off while we talk, while he while he talks about oh, his opponent this week. Oh, while he t- I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. You, you may have you heard from Trey this week already, Justin? Did you hear from him last night? Who's that? Trey Perry. Trey Perry from Mount. Yeah, Mount. Mount oh yeah, yeah. He was on uh, Tommy's show last night. Yeah, I thought he might it might have been. So always fun when. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's Wilson super County folks. He is a good guy. Yeah. He is a good guy. Enjoy him. Looking forward to that segment. So, all right. We've got hardware to hand out. We've got Major League Baseball to talk about, and there's plenty to talk about there uh, and much more. So you guys stick with us throughout the show. Looking forward to it right now. We're going to go to yesterday's results and today's schedule, and we'll bring you the rundown. This is The Rundown. The Thursday Rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss, a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your team. Call 615 274 8698 or visit Mockingbird Title TN today. Major League Baseball action yesterday. 
the Astros advance with a three to two win over Minnesota Twins and the Diamondbacks advance with a sweep of the Los Angeles Dodgers four to two. Phillies one game away. They down the Braves behind a two home run effort from Bryce Harper, ten to two, taking a two to one lead in that series. College football last night. The Miners of Texas El Paso down the Panthers of Florida International 27-14 in Hashtag Weekday CUSA. Also in Hashtag Weekday CUSA action, it was New Mexico State and Jerry Kill getting the 27-13 win over Sam Houston. WNBA Finals Game 2 goes to the Aces. It was Las Vegas 104 and New York 76, and Las Vegas now leads the series High school volleyball action today. We are one step away from the state tournament. Sectional action tonight. Um, All these games are at 7 o'clock. In Class A, Eagleville. 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 Eagleville travels east. There we go. (laughs) Say it like it's spelled. Yep. Uh, Eagleville goes to East Robertson. Uh, Summertown is at Harpeth, and Camden comes across the river to Loretta. And Class AA, Lexington is at Valor Collegiate, and White House Heritage is at Creekwood. In Class AAA, East Hamilton is at Oakland, Green Hill is at Nolansville, Brentwood is at Gallatin, Houston goes to Clarksville, and Rossview travels to Collierville. Again, all those are 7 o'clock. Best of five matches. Seven o'clock first serve. All right. Makes sense. There we go. Girls soccer tonight. These are district championship games, I believe. Um, winners will host region semifinals. Losers will travel. Harpeth is at Cheatham County at six. Spring Hill is at Lincoln County at six thirty. Gallatin is at Hendersonville at 7. Also, Siegel plays Oakland at 7. And Wilson Central is at Stewart's Creek at 7. College football tonight. It's West Virginia and Mountain Home at Houston. wonder if Houston's going to be wearing those love your blues tonight i'm not sure it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting this is the dana dana Hol- holgerson bowl the, the right? dana holgerson bowl indeed it's a 6 p.m kick on fs1 you're going to want to tune in for that smu at east carolina at 6 30 on espn major league baseball in prime time because it's the only game in town the game in hashtag that's right the phillies host the braves in game four of the nlds at 707 on tbs Nashville Predators open their home season at Bridgestone Arena tonight against the Kraken of Seattle. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop on Valley Sports South. And in NFL action, the Broncos visit Kansas City and the Chiefs at 7.15 on Amazon Prime. If the Dolphins could score 70 against the Broncos, however many it is, I'm going to be happy. And I hope it's north of 40. Who you got? And I hope Mahomes passes for five and runs for three. Oh, so you started him? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to start Mahomes tonight and see what happens. Good luck. Yeah. So, should be fun. That, folks, is your rundown.
Top Stories brought to you as always by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your deli lunch specials or your fresh hand-cut meats and produce each and every single day. Cost plus 10% at the register. Again, Piggly Wiggly here in Columbia, Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Five years in a row, voted the best grocery store in town. That's a dynasty, isn't it? At, at, at this point, that is a dynasty. It's, it's yeah. as much of one as you can find. Mm-hmm. So, Top Story Mo is a little late this week. Normally, we do this on Tuesday and at the latest Wednesday, but you weren't here yesterday. And so, I'm going to bring it back <laughs> as the Tennessee Sports Writers Association announced earlier it's College Players of the Week for last week. And so, let's talk a little about them. Um, football, offensive players of the week or player of the week was Chattanooga sophomore receiver Javen Watley had a school record 353 all-purpose yards with 11 catches for 231 yards and four touchdowns in a 52-50 loss to number 17, Western Carolina in SOCON play. That's a heck of a game. So mm-hmm. I guess that other 122 yards was return yardage. Uh, that's a lot of return yards. I it, guess, well, I mean, well, I guess, in a, in, there in, were a lot of kickoffs. I was going to say, there seems to be a lot of kickoffs. So yeah, there were a lot of kickoffs. Um, Touchdown catches of 31, 8, 11, and 32, becoming just the third Chattanooga player to record four or more touchdown catches in a game. Previously doing so were former Franklin County standout Kaz DiMatteo, who had six against Mississippi Valley in 2000. Wait. You played at Franklin County? Yeah. I covered him. Wow. He was the defensive coach for the Tennessee Valley Vipers. In under Dean Coquinos mm-hmm. in the late 2000s. Yeah. Did not realize that he was a Franklin County guy. He was cool. a Franklin County guy. Yep. And the other guy to catch four touchdowns or more in a game at Chattanooga, you may have also heard of. <laughs> I'm going to guess his name is Terrell Owens. <laughs> okay. Four against Marshall in 1994. Um, most receiving yards for Chattanooga players since Bryce Nunley against the Citadel in 2018 and is the fifth most in a single game in program history. Well done. Um, defensively, Cumberland's Derek Taylor, who apparently is a Tennessee transfer, had five tackles and two interceptions in the Phoenix's 21-17 win over number 23 University of the Cumberlands. Uh, that's a big win for them on that particular day because that was an anniversary of 222. <laughs> and any win is a big win on the anniversary of that But day. being a ranked opponent yeah. is pretty yeah. impressive. So well done for you know, changing the narrative. Absolutely. Although the Facebook post has been going around explaining the backstory of that game. They played like five <laughs> games in 11 days or something no. like that. Oh, no, they didn't have a team. They had two years prior, or the year prior, they had cut, Cumberland cut the team. Oh, okay. And 
Oh, but they had a contract? But they had a contract, and the only people that somehow didn't get the memo that all the games were canceled was Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, and they were already mad about something. And so they come up here, and at the time, polls, most of the polls went by margin of victory and points scored. So John Heisman, head coach of the Yellow Jackets, and, and the guy playing, playing uh, against a bunch of frat guys from Cumberland. I didn't realize it. So they, they just, they like, they literally went to the frat houses and got as many people kind of like Lane, Lane Kiffin and his punter, except for this was the whole team. They just threw whoever they could out there. So I didn't realize that it, it, they didn't even have a team. They just played. showed up. And so, yeah, I, I, I didn't, it was really interesting to understand like what happened. Cause I had no idea. Yeah. How, how does this happen? Yeah. Well, well, now you know. And so I thought that was interesting. And, and so for, again, for them to get a win over a ranked opponent on the anniversary of that is, is huge and well done. Yeah. Men's soccer TSWA player of the week is Belmont midfielder Jensen Wilson. Uh, led the Bruins to their first ever win at Bradley in Missouri Valley Conference play, scoring twice in a 3-1 win. Uh, on the women's side, University of the South freshman defender Katie Dully, D-U-L-L-Y-E. I don't have a pronunciation guide. But um, <laughs> I'm with you. Know. Your guess is as good as mine. Again, freshman defender. Scored two goals with an assist. Scored both goals in a two-nothing win defense. over Hendricks. Yeah, the defenseman. Uh, okay. Apparently, she was pushing up. <laughs> also <laughs> had a goal and an assist in a two-one win over Rhodes. So come on, couple of couple of big wins for University of the South and for Katie K A T Y E. I hope that's right. Doggy, maybe they should look at. Putting Katie up front. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, they're sandbagging with her. Maybe so. Get so a she's a, she's yeah. a defense. She's just a defender. Yeah, <laughs> fish pods. Yep. Boom. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What, what is she doing? <laughs> Two goals later, and you're like, wait. wait. Maybe, maybe we should mark her. Somebody, somebody stop that girl. Yeah. yeah. Mama, there go that woman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, volleyball. Lipscomb middle blocker Meg Mersman had... Strong outings for the Bisons in a 3-2 win over Eastern Kentucky, given the Colonels their first conference loss and third loss overall, and in a 3-1 win over Bellarmine for Lipscomb's eighth consecutive win this season. Mersman had 38 total kills. She hit 452 with a season-high 21 kills against EKU and 17 kills against Bellarmine. So... Lipscomb's Meg Mersman is the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Volleyball Player of the Week. Sawani's Katie Dogie and Jensen Wilson took soccer honors. And Chattanooga's Javen Watley and Cumberland's Derek Taylor took football honors. Congratulations to all five. You, you gotta be, you gotta be impressed by the, uh, the 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 spelling of Katie's name here with the K A T Y E D U L L Y E. 
That's well done. We're getting a little getting a little creative. That's I mean, hey. <laughs> Uh, maybe that was maybe that was to help people understand how to pronounce the last name. Maybe, maybe. Um, before we go, top story part du part du as big news out of Bethel earlier this week. Yeah, and and it's big. It's it's kind of ironic that we got Trey Perry joining us. Here in the next segment, it's the Mount Juliet show. It is the Mount Juliet show at this point. Um, Bethel coach Michael Jasper has, Bethel football coach Michael Jasper has been named to that school's Hall of Fame. And that's huge. It is. Super, super exciting because, you know, friend of the show, Mm -hmm. great guy, had a good time talking with him a couple years ago at, uh, Blue Cross Bowl out in Chattanooga, and he's been been a fantastic addition to to that, or a fantastic leader of that staff over there as they have really ramped up uh, over at Bethel. So well yeah, done. the Wildcats are ranked number twelve nationally. That seems good. Yeah, Is that good. Um, will be inducted during ceremonies next Friday over there. Now in his fifth year as head coach, um, previously served as assistant head coach and defensive line coach. Before that, offensive line coach and run game coordinator, also oversaw strength and conditioning. Um, Spent three years in the National Football League with the Bills, Giants, and Panthers. Played at UT Martin, redshirted at MTSU, and then finished up his career at Bethel three years down there. Drafted in the seventh round by the Bills in 2011. Hmm. Well, they uh, had a tough loss on Saturday to also nationally ranked Georgetown, uh, 52-24. But they do have a couple of big home games coming up, Roosevelt and Cumberland on the 21st, the third Saturday in October. Cumberland and Bethel, baby. Let's go. Third Saturday. So this is this is why he graduated from Mount Juliet in 2005 along with Levi Brown. Okay. And Alicia Clark. Wow. That's a that's a graduating class right there. That's a graduating <laughs> class. Wonder right who won there. most athletic. <laughs> That's a good question. We need to get the you can get the Mount Juliet yearbooks out for that. Yeah, we might need to do a little digging. Yeah. A little digging. Well, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll continue this Mount Juliet talk on the other side of a break as football coach Trey Perry joins us ahead of their uh, contest against Lebanon tomorrow. So stick around here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bond and Joint. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us on this Preps Thursday. High school football picks coming your way later in the show, including Main Street Preps Game of the Week, which is happens to be Mount Juliet and Lebanon. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to talk about that one a little bit later, so stick around in the show. Of course, Terry McCormick coming up at the top of the hour. We'll hand out some hardware here in a minute and talk a little baseball, but before we do that, we're going to talk a little high school football with Mount Juliet head football coach Trey Perry here on Coach's Corner. Coach, welcome in. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We're doing well, Coach. Appreciate you taking some time with us. Obviously, a big one tomorrow night um, when the Blue Devils come to town and you know, there there have been times when this was a region game, times when it wasn't a region game, but it's always been a big game regardless. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy had me on his thing last night, Tommy Bryan, and I, he said, and he would know, that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that we've been playing since 1977 consecutively. Played before that, on again, off again, mm -hmm. but uh, it, it pretty – you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here. I didn't even plan on doing this, but there's a book that a guy wrote, Wilson County's Colorful Football Rivalry, 
um, Mount Jewett versus Lebanon. He sent it in the mail the first of the year, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff in the beginning that, uh, you know, I learned some things. And throughout, basically after that, it's just clips from the different years. But, you know, when it gets down to it, it's still a Region 4, 6A game. And, and on Saturday, that's what you're going to remember more than anything else, not the rivalry part of it. Uh, you have to uh, acknowledge it, but, uh, you know, you have to also acknowledge your body of work throughout the season and how you can't let the rivalry affect uh, your end game goals. Uh, so it, it, there's a balance there. And Chuck Gentry does a good job of that, I'm sure, as well. But uh, that's kind of the most paramount thing that we've got going into tomorrow night. Coach, you guys come into this matchup 7-0 and overall, 4-0 and in region play. Um, and I had a chance to, to watch your Thursday night opener against Cane Ridge where you guys um, – ultimately took care of business against Cane Ridge, um, got out to a great start. They kind of got back into it and y'all held on. But, you know, what did you see that night that would have made you feel like you were going to be going into this game, going into your off week last week undefeated? We're a little bit ahead of schedule, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, and, and I will tell you that I will give – an immense amount of credit to our coaching staff and our senior class. Uh, I, I don't think it's a secret. Our junior class is probably the bulk of our talent base, but we have seniors that all have value in roles. And I'm not just saying that, and they know I'm not just saying that. Uh, and we've got a couple war daddies too that can play. Uh, luckily, they're vocal enough that, uh, their mentorship's been really good to the junior class. Uh, that night, I, I, I would say this, and I'm not taking anything away from margin of victory or anything, but I felt like we played the Cane Ridge team that was coming off an 11-2 and season that won a regional title and and had everybody healthy and everybody at their disposal. And I, I've seen them on film since then, and, you know, due to – attrition or injury, one or the other, or some combination of both, they're just not quite the same football team. Uh, now, we did identify that night, uh, and you, you were right, and we didn't finish. So uh, we we come back in week three with Gallatin and almost do something similar against a really good football team there. Uh, but I think there's some positive in that too because those were four-quarter football games. You know, we've had some that, that uh, the score sort of – got away early enough that i mean there's good in that too you get to play a lot of people so on and so forth but sometimes you you want to get those responses to adversity in the third and fourth quarter because when you get into games like this it's almost a foregone conclusion that you're going to face that at some point trey perry head coach of mount juliet here with us on main street sports down coach's corner coach we talk about this when we're talking about every level of, of the sport. It's a quarterback driven sport. And fortunately for you, you've got a pretty good one. Uh, how, how much of a, or how less of a burden is there when you have a guy like Tyler Travers uh, behind center? Uh, there's two sides to it. I mean, on one side, it's great because you're right. It, it, it is a quarterback driven sport now. Uh, and 
you know, that somewhat pains me because I'm a defensive guy. But uh, <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up question, actually. But go ahead. But uh, but it's it's that's a reality. And but T's done such a good job for us. Uh, uh, you know, leadership role too, preparation, his progress from from last year where he sort of got thrust into it. I mean, he got thrust into a starting role in week one last year and threw through like a 72 percent completion rate last year. So he's obviously pretty cerebral. Uh, he understands his reads. We work well in our RPO system. Uh, he's really dangerous at that, you know, being able to change his arm slot and those kind of things. And here's the other side of what I was going to say in the beginning. It's also uh, tremendously nerve-wracking because, you know, we want to keep him upright and healthy. And he's an athlete and wants to run, you know. But once he gets the, – the rule is until it gets to November, get down. Uh, so so we can survive another series and another play. But tra- Tyler's done great for us. Coach, you've had some pretty athletic quarterbacks during your tenure there at Mount Juliet. And, and you know, you talk about the, the fine line between, you know, being competitive and being reckless there with Tyler, I guess. And how do you get those guys, how do you get him to recognize, you know, uh, live to play another play. Part of it got help last year when NFHS and TWSAA got the rule in place that needed to be in place a long time ago, which is when you get outside the pocket and you get it past the line of scrimmage, it's a dead ball and, and you know no intentional grounding. So now you teach that you know if 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 the second progression is not there, live to fight another day. Don't put an offensive lineman in peril. Um, and I think too. We're a tempo-based offense. We like to go fast. So a lot of that is Tyler's presence of mind about I'll get what I can get here, but now I'm going to find the nearest official, get the ball back to him, and you know, so we can snap the ball again. I got another opportunity to catch it and do something with it. Uh, now in practice, he wears a red jersey. Nobody touches him. But but uh, but when we get to Friday night, he he's smart. I mean, he understands. You know, and and there's certain cases where. You know, we can kind of predicate the call to where he won't run, or uh, if it's a short yardage play, we got to get it. We got to get it, and he understands that too. So you're saying then that sort of like baseball, you don't necessarily have a green light, but you do have a red light for him where he absolutely is not yeah, to and run. and yeah, and so we can lock certain things, but a lot of things too. Colt Carver, our offense coordinator, does a tremendous job, and that's why I mentioned our RPO game earlier. Like, sometimes you can get if if you're if you're trying to protect your quarterback to a certain extent, you can get your playmakers. Like we, you know, and we have a few: John Michael Crudup, uh, Harrison Edwards, uh, Baylor Osborne's coming off an injury, but he's a playmaker for us. Our tight ends are good because we can get in 12 personnel, but we can also spread out and look like an 11, 10 personnel team with the same people or two outside receivers or seniors that uh, have had a good year. So there's some balance in that, too, to where Tyler knows I don't necessarily have to run. You know, I can we can count the box, and if, if the box is light, we're going to run the football to one of those playmakers. And if the box is heavy, we're going to throw the football to one of those playmakers. And, and so that way, I always talk about balance is not just run pass. It's also uh, between the tackles and perimeter base, too. And, and we try to be balanced both. And, and again, he does a good job of that. Mount Juliet football coach Trey Perry joining us here on Coach's Corner 
on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Trey, the way the schedule has evolved, everybody has an off week nowadays, and I'm sure that y'all's was somewhat impacted by fall break. I, I'm assuming y'all were on fall break last week, maybe, but you know, when you are playing the way you guys have been playing, particularly your last four games, 53-38, and do you hate to see that break coming up? Yes and no. Uh, I guess in the grand scheme of things, from, from a, just a purist of high school football, I wish we'd start later, I, I, you know, with, with these heat restrictions and all that. Uh, in, in this particular season, I've kind of – said it in every season, but this particular season we had this after our seventh week. If we're going to have one, I do like it where it's at, and simply because of this, our expectations in this program now are not to play a 10-game schedule. It's to get deeper and hopefully a lot deeper. So, you know, my Portland math tells me that seven, between seven and eight is halfway to 15. So if if that part of it gets us healthier, gets us some rest, and, a, and again, a kind of a testament to our kids even though we have a odd fall break wilson county because it's a week and a half um and during our bye week part of it we still got into really good practices they got a five-day break but we came back we do some stuff on sunday afternoon after church they came back on sunday we were ready to go we had a conditioning test they passed it with flying colors and we were right back in our normal mode so I mean, there's going to be, but Lebanon had the same situation, so it, it kind of cancels that part out because you're playing another team did the same thing. And that kind of does that works out. It's it's almost like, man, can we schedule it like that every time? <laughs> where where we know that my our opponent's coming off a bye as well, and that that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, you know, coach, you mentioned this defense and your defensive guy. You guys have have really have really shown the strength of this team kind of relies on your defense because, you know, this is not new territory for you being undefeated or, 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 you know, playing for a region championship this late in the season. It's just, it's not. So, you know, defense travels, defense wins championships. And, you know, who are some of the guys that, that really you lean on to lead this defense? Yeah, you're right. And I mean, even before I talk about individuals, when you look at our defense as a whole, I mean, it's easy to talk about Tennessee because they're the college team that we see a lot. It's right in front of us. And when Josh Heifel came and introduced what he did, I really focused on how he talked about defense and the redefined goals of what they look for on defense. You know, I grew up in an era where points per game were, well, that was the thing. Like, you know, shutouts were a thing, you know, and, and they were more commonplace. That's not the case anymore. There's too many possessions. There's there's the, the tempo's too fast. I mean, and, and that's not mailing it in. I mean, there's there's those times where we have outstanding defensive performances, but, you know, uh, there's a, it's a 10-possession game. You stop them nine times. I mean, generally, you're going to win that football game. Um, so, but – causing turnovers now my pet peeve is when i look at something and somebody says opportunistic bears but no we're not we run to the football and we knock it out you know we cause that uh so i, I think being uber aggressive we talk about one and outs and two and outs not three and outs like why do we have to wait three downs let's get the ball back before then you know and 
and really focus on our turnover circuits and stuff throughout the week. And everything you asked me was about individuals, and I'm talking teams. So let me say no, that's fine. Atticus Fiorita is our weak side defensive end. He's sure. a junior. He has 12 sacks. Uh, I think he's got five or six more tackles for loss. Um, he is a, uh, a wreck, one-man wrecking crew. And what I like about him is he's obviously twitchy enough to get to the quarterback, but he is a student of the game and really does well on, uh, on on reading blocks and being able to fit the run just as much as he – because you know, sometimes you get a pass rusher, that's great, and then he gets kicked out 57 times and, you know, you're on the wrong end of things. But he gets that. Um, he is an FBS football player, and uh, I think that that'll be seen soon enough. Uh, I, but I think our table is set defensively by our two seniors in Case and Walls and, and uh, Will Zerniak. Kaysen's our star position, which is sort of like a strong safety. Uh, he's a coach on the field, incredibly cerebral, 34 ACT, uh, big-time Ivy League prospect, and, uh, and he does it on and off the field. Um, he's good because he's such a hybrid to be able to cover uh, in the throw game and, and, and play man coverage concepts, but also fit the run. And then Zerniak's a wild man. I Like, you look for linebackers nowadays, and I've said they're almost they're a uh, endangered species, and and but he is one. And he uh, matter of fact, we can ha we have a certain package where we'll put him at fullback, and basically we just tell him he's an inverted linebacker. He's going to go hit the same gap in the same person. So um, he's a see ball hit ball guy, and he is somebody that you it's like a security blanket having in the middle of the defense. He's he's a dude. Perry, football coach at Mount Juliet, joining us here on Main Street Sports today on Coach's yeah. Corner. Coach, as you were mentioning some of your offensive weapons, I wanted to get back to one guy who's a, uh, a name that a lot of folks in this area are probably aware of or familiar with, Harrison Edwards, whose dad, Scooter Edwards, played at Donaldson Christian back in the mid-'80s. Uh, I think he was Mr. Football over there in 87 probably. But, you know, like father, like son there? Uh, that his nickname's Deuce, and uh, he he does a lot of deuces on the way out the out the out the door, out the gate. He can fly. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh, they've had plenty of spirited debates about who was faster in their prime, but Scooter's got enough like competitive spirit left that he almost lined up a couple weeks ago in the indoor and raced him. Um, I want to make sure the trainer was on site, but hey, good uh, idea. Yeah, make sure yeah. he's stretched too. Yeah, right. The, I know it would yeah. be the case for me, but. Uh, Harrison is, uh, yeah, he's super dynamic. I, I mentioned him and J. Mike earlier. What you, what you get out of them, and you know, you, this whole discussion about the NFL and how, how do you pay a back, right? Like, because a lot of them are two down backs and not three down backs because they they can't block or they or don't block or they don't catch the ball in the backfield. Both these guys do both. And what's even better is we get to find ways to put them both on the field and not just in the traditional offset role. Like, like we can put them at X outside. We can put them in the slot. Uh, we can put them side by side. And, uh, you know, obviously that, that adds to the opportunities for explosion. But uh, Harrison's – and Harrison's biggest probably – unknown stat is I think he's averaging 40 something yards a kickoff return um, 
and has a, a you know three to four hundred yards in kickoff returns and a couple scores too. So obviously that helps you when you're talking about field position and those type things. Hidden yards, they call them, right? Yeah. Right. You yeah. take all the yards you can get, coach. Absolutely. Coach, we appreciate you taking time with us today here and, and, and looking forward to a, a great game tomorrow night uh, in, in region play against uh, Lebanon. So congr uh, good luck and congrats this far on your season. And hopefully we will see you late in November, early December. I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, thanks. thanks for what you do for high school football, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Trey. We'll talk to you. All right, let's hand out a little hardware, Mo. We've got a couple things to to show off. A little end to win life team of the week presented by our friends at Custom Stone Handlers. 931-490-4990 or customstonehandlers.com because outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. And so... Our end to win life team of the week, Mo. The Columbia Central Lions football team went on the road last Friday night. You went with them. They did something they had not done in four tries, four previous tries, and that was win at Franklin County. Yeah, and and, and it, you know, it doesn't. On its face, it doesn't seem like a significant accomplishment, but it was. Because, <laughs> again, they had not won there in their last four trips. So they went over there and got an 18-6 victory that keeps them in the hunt for the top half of postseason birth eligibility in Region 5-5A. Is that, is that fair to say? They still got an outside shot at hosting, don't they? Or do they not? No. I think, oh, okay. I mean, Shovel would have to lose twice, as would, and Tullahoma would have to lose twice. Okay. All right. So I don't think so. Well, they have. I think they're pretty, they pretty they're well pretty cemented long. themselves they're, into the playoffs, though. Yeah, I think they got a, they're, they're almost the, the automatic three, three just because they have the tiebreaker over everyone under Below them, them outside of Lincoln County. They'd have to, they still have to beat Lincoln County. If they work, you know, if they do that, they will be the three. Yeah, I was Again, going back though. to look. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. They they had not beaten them since their last win over there. Over there, fifteen. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, Mo. It was 2014. They had actually lost one, two, three, four. Yeah, four in a row. Okay, over but there since. Since 2014, because they have they have played they didn't back, play well they played back to back mm -hmm. away last year and this year right also played back to back home games in 16 and 17 and back to back away games in 14 and 15. Yeah, it was it was wild. It hasn't alternated home and home every year. It's been home home road road home home. So yeah, but yeah, that four, is wild. In their last four trips. To Winchester prior to Friday's 18-6 victory. Nearly ten years since they got a win down there. That's hey, and and look, great job. Kudos to them for for getting it done and and did it defensively. Did it with defense, which so. I'm sure first year coach Tredarius Goff loves. Yeah, he's 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 happy about that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, 
the Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week. Second time this year that Mount Pleasant senior Darian Meza has pulled down this award. And, you know, as someone... And, and could have been more often. Yeah, he's, he has had a case more often than he has not. He's been at least in the others nominated most of the year. On a pretty regular basis, absolutely. Three touchdowns over at East Hickman Friday night in a 34 nothing win. Caught an 84-yard touchdown pass, caught a six-yard touchdown pass, and had a 50-yard punt return for a score. That was his third return for a touchdown in three weeks after an 85-yard kickoff return over at Lewis County and a 90-yard kickoff return last week against uh, two weeks ago against Donaldson Christians. So, as someone asked me, why do they keep kicking it to him? Yeah, I, it's almost like they and can't. And as Kid Hartsfield would say, shh. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, honestly, it's, the poor kid, he's he's not really been kicked too. He's just gone and gotten, and gotten it. it. Yeah. And if you can't kick it to the end zone, he's got a chance to get it. And if he gets it, he's got a chance to go. Uh, exactly. So yeah. watch out. But he also had four catches for 149 yards in that win. So four catches, two touchdowns. That's not bad in and of itself. And that's very similar to how he got it the first time in week one, had two catches for 96 yards and both of them went for scores. Dynamic. Yes, he is. Yeah. There's no question there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, baseball, Major League Baseball postseason continues. And we'll talk about game four of the Braves Phillies tonight. Right after this on Main Street Sports Today, stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. 
and it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. October 12, 2001, with home runs from Chipper Jones, Julio Franco, and Paul Baco. Who? Yeah, exactly. Who also had a successful squeeze bunt. The Braves completed it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. What are they? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's more unlikely, a Paul Baco home run <laughs> or a Braves squeeze? Yeah. <laughs> the Braves completed an NLDS sweep of the Houston Astros with a 6-3 game 6-2 Game 3 victory. Atlanta advanced to the league championship series for the ninth time in the last 10 seasons with the victory. That was this day in Braves history. Paul Baco played 12 years in the league. How many with Atlanta, though? Uh, two. Well, ish. Uh, <laughs> he, only play, he only played 85 games with Atlanta over two seasons. Uh, <laughs> but he was backing up Javi Lopez. So, what, I mean, what do you expect? Well, he he did his Javi Lopez imitation, I guess, in game three of the NLDS. He he was with Atlanta. Second most games he played with an organ. No, I'm sorry. Uh, he, he, played, he played more games with some organizations that he was with only for a year. He played two years with the Cubs, uh, 119 games. Was he with Cincinnati at some point? He was for one year. He played 99 games for Cincinnati uh, in 08. <laughs> and, yeah, was never really great. Yeah, but you know, number, Back two, up catchers. number two catchers. Backup catchers. Got to have them. Do, do what you got to do. I mean, it's one of the best gigs in, in, in Baseball. It's right. Yeah, in baseball, it's right there with number two quarterback. Yeah, it's right there with the, the you know, that guy. So yeah, play once a series. If that. Yep. I mean, day game after night game, and that's it. <laughs> that's that, that's pretty well when you get to play. Yeah. So, Mo, uh, last night, let's. Last night, I'm glad I was traveling. Yeah, I bet you were. Let, let me, and when it got to eight one after the Trey Turner homer, I just stopped. What was eight two? Turner? No. They won. I thought Turner homered after. No, we homered. No. Maybe okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, after Trey Turner's homer, I was done. So well, I was done well before that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna say this to Braves fans who are watching. You can't. You're right. Okay, I thought we homered. Braves scored in the top of the or six. Scored. I 
didn't know. Scored in the top of the six. Turner's homer was in the bottom of the six. Okay, I, yeah. I could have sworn, but I didn't know. I, yeah. I again, I was only watching the score bug. I on my phone. I had mm -hmm. had zero interest in watching this the actual gameplay mm -hmm. at that point. Um, it's easy to pretend your hindsight is foresight, and we can all play armchair manager, and you all know how I feel about. Brian Snickers, managerial acumen. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But pitching Bryce Elder to Bryce Harper was not that bad of a decision. You know, pitching Bryce Elder to Bryce Harper was not that bad of a decision. Starting Bryce Elder was not that bad of a decision. I mean, again, this guy was a all-star. I understand that he had not pitched well over the last, you know, whatever, six weeks or so, but who else had? Your other option was a 20-year-old rookie. And I just don't know that that's a, you know, that that, 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 that does you any, any better. Because, again, as I said yesterday, only three players in the Phillies lineup had ever recorded a hit off of Bryce Elder. One of them was Nick Castellanos, who was two for five with two home runs, and clearly you don't pitch to him. Oh, just kidding, we do, and he's now three for six with three, with three home, home runs. runs. Yeah. Bryce Harper in the first inning struck out swinging. To that point in the game, Bryce Harper's 0 for 5 career against Bryce Elder. 0 for 5 and had just struck out. Elder had just gotten two ground balls in a row. Now, yeah, Turner got on with a, a ground ball hit, but it was a ground ball. There was no reason to think that Bryce Elder was not going to, you know, that he was going to give up a home run. Now, outside of the, outside of the, the situation and it being Bryce Harper, <laughs> but that wouldn't have mattered if Bryce Elder were in there, if Brad Hand were in there, who Harper took deep later, as Mark Bowen said, can't help but wonder what it would have been like if Hand had pitched to El or to Harper in the third inning. Well, we found now out we what know. it would have what it would have been like. Exactly the same. Maybe Bryce Harper's just that dadgum good. Okay, listen, I I am not a Brian Snicker guy. I think we've won in spite of him. I've said that on this show a hundred times. But that wasn't on him. No, no, I don't think the Bryce Elder. Anything facing with Bryce, Bryce Hart, right? I don't. Uh, you know, did he stay in too long? I mean, because he didn't come out after the Harper home run, did he? Well, that's because there was nobody ready. <laughs> oh. Oh. But again, <laughs> again, there there was no. But there then, was no reason to think that with two outs that he wasn't. You know, maybe he gets another ground ball. Maybe he strikes him out again. But I mean, at that, at that it was once, three, once you've got it was only three nothing. But once no, it was you, one nothing. It was one to it, one. It was one one. Yeah, it was one one. So why would you get him up? Why why would you have somebody ready and then you've worn out your bullpen if he strikes him out? Crap! Now he's now this guy's warmed up and he's he's thrown too many pitches in warmups. It's one to one. He gets a ground ball or a strikeout. You're out of the inning. You get you go home. He pitches two or three more maybe. Except not to Nick Castellanos. Do not pitch to that guy. I don't care if you and, – and like I said, Rick Cranett's not going out there 
just before that and saying, I don't care if you bury four in the dirt, do not leave it up mm -hmm. is probably the biggest crime. But there was no reason to have anybody warming up. Again, one-to-one, -one, ground balls, 0 for 5. And had pitched well. Yeah, and... Now, going to Michael Tonkin, on the other hand. And again, you know, sometimes great ball players are going to do, are going to show you why they're great. That's right. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened. It's just what happened. Look, Bryce Harper, it, it, it was personal. He was already mad about the Arceus situation. Uh, which is dumb, but whatever. The, the whole situation is dumb, and I'm in the middle of a Twitter firestorm over it. I still don't. Look, and I, and I talked about this yesterday with David. Do you remember when Lincoln Riley banned the kid from mm -hmm. for reporting what he overheard at a press mm -hmm. conference? Look, I, I don't necessarily think that it's that egregious of – you know, to report it, but I would probably have asked the that, question. I think that's I think that's the whole thing for me. I, I mean, you you've heard you've heard the information. Get it on record mm -hmm. in front of everybody, or to the side, ask them on the record. I mean, there, there's just a lot of ways that you could go about that, and and some guy from the Washington Post overheard something. And again, whether that's what he was saying or not, Travis Darno alluded to him maybe having said it. But well, also, Arcea says he said it, but oh, okay. he, he so, yeah, he says he said it, but he was saying it to a teammate in a situation where he clearly was not expecting to be quoted. And there are those that say every mic is hot, but you know, to me, and this is what I said on Twitter, yeah, or something to this effect, people that don't expect to be quoted shouldn't be quoted. And if it's important enough for you to write about it, it's important enough for you to ask about it, like you said. Exactly. Follow up on it. Hey, Orlando, did I just hear you saying, attaboy Harper? Which, why would you not? Yeah. Under the circumstances. I mean... It just seems silly. The whole the whole thing seems silly. And and if if that's what it takes to get you fired up in Game Three of the NLC NLDS, then you got other issues. Clearly, he doesn't. And Man, and Bryce Harper does not have any issues right now. Well, I mean, if he was, if he was so fired up about Attaboy Harper, then how come he struck out to end the first? I think he was trying to do too much. I, look, I think he would have struck out again if he buries four in the dirt. He just didn't get it low. He didn't he didn't get in the bottom of the zone. No. And you know, the first pitch to, to to Trey Turner was a full baseball inside the strike zone called a ball. It was a sinker high. I mean, it was but it was a full baseball inside the zone. I mean, he was he was giving you the low strikes, not giving you the high strikes. Why would you even think about going up? other than being outside the zone completely to get a swing and a miss. So I, it was just, it was a poor pitch. It, it was, it was one bad pitch. Mm -hmm. Castellanos hit a good pitch out. 
Castellanos turned on one that was inside. It wasn't even a strike. He made a mistake to Harper. You can't make mistakes to Bryce Harper. But also, Note to self. But it wasn't a mistake that, that he shouldn't have had the ability to make. Your hindsight is not, can, cannot can be confused with foresight, period. Just know that. Anyway, yeah. let's talk more baseball on the other side of Terry because Major League Baseball and postseason, uh, all of the things that continue, obviously the Dodgers are out, the Orioles are out, the Braves are about to be out, and mm. you know Houston continues to just coast along like nothing's yeah. wrong. So I, I don't know what's up with that. But we'll talk about it on the other side. Terry McCormick right now with the Titans reports right after these quick messages. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Terry McCormick. Hey guys, how are you? It is your daily Titans report and it's sponsored by Zen Sports, which is the new sports book in Tennessee that's changing the bonus game for the better. Guys, the Titans are about to be in the air and headed to London and there are three guys who are not going to make the trip and several others that there are question marks around in terms of how effective and how available they might be on Sunday. Traylon Burks, Luke Gifford, and Elijah Molden won't make the trip because of their injuries. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons was back today, but it was in a limited capacity. And then Aaron Brewer, who was limited yesterday with a neck injury, was out today. And then two other guys added to the injury report today that were not on it yesterday, Danico Autry with a finger, and Amani Hooker with a thumb. So certainly lots of little nicks and knacks and, you know, bruises and things like that that are hampering the Titans as they get ready to face the Ravens over at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, I don't know about uh, – <laughs> I'm not sure that, that a defensive lineman and a safety need their fingers and thumbs to be effective. So let's just – let's make sure we <laughs> – let's play football. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Look, am I wrong? <laughs> well, safeties probably need it more than defensive linemen, but uh, 
you know, because occasionally the ball comes their way and they need to intercept it. So uh, we'll we'll <laughs> wait and see on that one. But get uh, you a cast and knock it out of the way. I don't care. Bat it exactly. down, baby. P- PBIs are, are PBUs are fine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the, the big thing with me is how effective is Jeffrey Simmons going to be, mm-hmm. and is Tier Tart going to be able to play? Because if those guys, we saw what happened without Tart and with Simmons battling a shoulder injury up in Indianapolis. And the Baltimore Ravens are a team that's kind of cut from the same cloth as the Indianapolis Colts are in terms of offense. They like to run the football. Uh, They have, and the Colts had in Anthony Richardson before he got hurt, a dual threat quarterback who can run RPOs and things like that. And to me, if they don't have an, an effective Jeffrey Simmons and they don't have an effective Tier Tart. Uh, this is a major, major undertaking to ask this defense to come through against the Ravens. Okay, but what happens to the line if Aaron Brewer can't play? Who plays center? Ravens? Well, if he can't go, they simply install Corey Levin as your center. He's an experienced backup guy. And ironically, he made his first NFL start when the Titans were in London uh, five years ago, when they played the Chargers in 2018. That was his first NFL start over there in London. So who knows? Uh, you know, his number may have come up again uh, if Aaron Brewer is unable to give it a go. Okay. Well, there you go. Should be an interesting weekend of practice. Uh, it's, it's wild when you have to, you know, you have to travel as far as you, as they have to travel, and then you may not play on the backside so we'll see tear tart and jeffrey simmons and of course Danico autry all major major contributors to this defense so should be a a very eventful sunday should any if if all three of those can't go it'll be not fun to watch anyway terry tell us about zen sports all right glad to Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, and it's revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. a dragon here. I saw it. No, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. (gasps) See that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans 
with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, continuing our conversation about Major League Baseball, Mo. You know, I've seen a lot of Twitter talk about, and, and, and to the credit of, the, of most national media, having the same questions we have about the Major League Baseball postseason format, but yet... All of the teams who are winning, the underdog teams, their fans are saying, well, the Astros are winning. How come you can't? And I understand. That's a, it's a great, and it's a fair question. It's a great question. I'd love to know. <laughs> Trust me, as one of the uh, as, as one of the top teams who is not winning, you know, who but has not handled the downtime very well. The Dodgers and, and Orioles both swept. The Braves on the verge of elimination for the second year in a row at the hands of the Phillies. And then there's Houston. And then there's Houston, who did lose a game, at least. But, you know, I wonder... The top four seeds, Atlanta, the Dodgers, Houston, and Baltimore, went two and six at home. Mm -hmm. I mean... Well, I don't know that that's necessarily what you would have expected, and I don't know that that's just because the teams that they were playing were all better. I mean, and it's it's a trend. It's not just this year. Yeah, it was last year as well. To this point, and and I made this point on Twitter that sixteen. No, I'm sorry, seventeen losses just in the postseason for teams on buys. The only three the only three teams who have advanced are the Astros both times and the Yankees last year. And someone said, well upsets never happen. And I'm like, well what at what point is it not an upset anymore? At what point is is that just how it goes? At what at what point is the upset the higher seed winning? Because it seems like now Now's that point. Mm-hmm. And the five the five best teams in Major League Baseball, five best records, were two and eleven right now. Because the Brewers were 0-2, the Rays were 0-2, the Dodgers were 0-3, the Orioles were 0-3, and the Braves are 1-2. So and you can be a fan of your team, and that's fine. But I'm to, to digest those numbers and your response be that nothing's wrong, you're being disingenuous. Well, no, you, you don't expect the better teams to be two and eleven. That's right. Two and 11. More top two seeds have lost 
than one. Than one. And that's no longer an upset. That's not that's not even close to the definition of an upset. And I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. And and the sad thing is when you say that, well, you're just a fan, well, you're just a homer. No, I'm looking at this. Yeah, I, I mean I want, and if I'm Major League Baseball, like I said Tuesday I, or Monday, I want the best teams in my champion in my league championship series. You would think. And instead, you're going to get Arizona and Philadelphia, and, Phil, and Philadelphia is probably going to be just fine. But Arizona, what does that give you? I mean, I'm 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 kind of where you were a couple of days ago. I'll, I'll be rooting for the Diamondbacks for a number of reasons. Sure. And. You know, ideally it'll be, I don't know. Well, I don't think it matters because neither Houston nor Texas is probably the market that Major League Baseball wanted. No, they would have loved Washington, D.C., uh, especially with, you know, how long it's been. But and, you know, and Houston, has Robinson. Made, Houston has made seven consecutive league championship series. It's amazing. And, which, I mean, we know what that's like not seven consecutive, but, but having a run like that, we know mm -hmm. what that's like. And as you know, one of the reasons for the ridiculous narrative that Atlanta doesn't have a great playoff atmosphere is because toward the end of that run, it got boring because one, we expected to be mm -hmm. there, but two, we weren't winning it. Right. And, you know, so in that vein, is Houston a great, you know, you kind of want Texas to win if you're Major League Baseball, one would assume. And, and Major League Baseball might want Texas to win for the sake of somebody different being there. I, I don't. See, I, I want to see Dusty Baker get everything he can get. I, I mean, I would, I would love to see Houston and Arizona because, one, I don't think the ratings would be very good. And, Captain Chaos. And, 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 and Ratings and money are the only way that things are going to change. And here's here's my question to ask. Assuming yesterday. that they see a need for a change. Well, the only way to see a need is to understand that your best here's teams, what yep. your best teams need to be in you know in the hunt, and giving them equal footing is the only way to get them there. I just don't understand. Again, and, and I know that the playoff format changed what in the fifties to the to a league championship series. Oh no no no! It was um, divisions. Division play began in nineteen sixty nine. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. Of. So yeah, but, you got you got the top teams from the east and the west, and then in ninety two maybe they went to four teams. Right. And and it's progressed from there. I mean, four is probably okay, but if we're playing 162 games, maybe there was nothing ever wrong with it. I think, I think five might have been the number. I think five may be the number. Two wild cards. The one wild card playing game. Yeah, and then that wild card turns around and plays the, the top seed and two and three play each other. But I'm fine it, with that. 
No, it's something. Something's got to happen. Paul Newberry of the Associated Press had a column a couple of days ago that would be worth reading. I've not read it. I'm scanned through it. But um, I mentioned, do you add two more wild cards and make it, what's that, eight? Eight. Then? Eight for each league? He says that a 16-team format out of 30 you know, opens the door for a team with a losing record to qualify. So it wouldn't have happened this year, but if such a system had been in place two years ago, the 79 and 83 Padres would have earned a wild card. You don't necessarily want teams with losing records. No, you don't. And that's, that's kind of where, that, that's why to me, it seems like there's no reason for four wild card teams. But I don't think or three wild card teams. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that you're going to have any fewer playoff participants. I, I don't that's think the that, problem. I don't think that genie, genie is going back in the bottle. You can't yeah. put the genie back in the bottle and that's the issue that we're facing now. I think scheduling has to change if nothing else. You mentioned in one of our other discussions of the playoff format <clears throat> going with a seven game series in the DS and maybe that maybe that evens the playing field a little bit more it maybe it gives you a little bit more room for error it does give you a little bit more room for error and it gives you a little bit more time to get your timing back i mean that's that's what's been the issue from from the get-go, Ender, Ender Enciarte, I know that most of you can't see it because he probably has you blocked, but I'm not among those. Uh, Josh Dobbs has me blocked, not Ender Enciarte. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> but he said it. You know, he, he said the exact same thing. You can't get your timing back after that. It's and And timing is the most important thing. Well, you guys played sim games against your pitchers. It's not the it's same. It's not the same. It's just not. And again, for people to act like it is is being disingenuous. It's so frustrating, man. I just and I, again, we're Braves fans. It's right there. I'm not trying to hide it. But but to not see the best teams advance, the best teams that have proven they're the best teams over 162 games. I mean, because if, we lost if, Baltimore, if Baltimore goes five games and loses, stuff happens. If the Braves go five games and lose, stuff happens. But Baltimore getting swept, the Dodgers getting swept at home, it's a little. I will say somebody mentioned playing all three, playing the first three games at the higher seed. And then playing the last two on the road, and I, I, I don't, I don't like the decisive game being at the lesser seeded place. Well, and I don't either. But they were talking about it's another day, it's a one less day off because you would play three days in a row. And I don't, I don't know that they need the travel day. I mean, teams play at home, travel, and play the next day on the road during the regular season. Yeah, but, I mean, 
and it was only the, an and hour. the off days I think are more for TV than they are for oh, competitive reasons. That's all it is. So. It's for television. So I, I don't know. I just don't know why we're playing 162 if you know if we're not going to make the the five games that matter the most even that we can make them. And we're not. Well, you got to line your pitching up. They did too. Absolutely, they did. Zach, how many Wood. days off did they have between the wild card and game one? Three. I think so. So. So yeah, I mean, they didn't have they. They were the lower seeded team, but the only the only difference in them being the lower seeded team was that they didn't have home field advantage coming into the series, and it. they took care of that in game one. Because you didn't have time. And that's, look, if you don't think that that's the truth, go go look at what, what's the Phillies manager's name? Oh, Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson and Dave Roberts in my head, I can't, I want to call one of Dave Thompson, <laughs> and I'm just like too many Robs. Huh? There's there's just a lot of they sound very similar. Mm -hmm. But Rob Thompson said his entire game plan in Game One was to get a lead. No, was to throw fastballs. He said it was going to be nothing but fastballs from his from his bullpen. Well, if you that if that right there doesn't tell you that he knows. Timing that they that that they don't have their timing. They can't catch up, and they can't catch up. That right there, that proves it. That was the game plan, and it worked. I mean, if if Zach Wheeler doesn't throw a slider to Austin Riley, we're done last night. We're swept too. You're right. If he throws another fastball, it's over. So. It's just frustrating that, that people want to not look at things objectively. You want objectivity. I do, in fact. Good luck. Um, before we get out of this segment, I did have one, one thing I want to discuss that's outside of Major League Baseball, mm -hmm. and that is Gary Danielson. I hope he enjoys calling the third best game in the Big Ten next year. Uh, Danielson said... In a recent interview with uh, Adam Sparks of Knox News, does a great job. Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of his call of the Tennessee Texas A&M game, Danielson revealed his thoughts on uh, Neyland Stadium in comparison to the other 13 stadiums around the Southeastern Conference. I love all the pomp and circumstance in the storylines. Tennessee doesn't have to take a backseat to anybody, but to me, it's just about the same as any other SEC stadiums. It's not a criticism; it's just an observation. It has nothing to do with Neyland per se or any other stadium. Home field advantage is about the same every week, whether you're playing at Ole Miss or LSU or Florida or Georgia for a football player, loud is loud. I don't know if it makes any difference if there's 80,000 loud people or 100,000 loud people. I, it's insane. Again, loud may be loud, but different loud matters. Um, you can't simulate it in practice, and you certainly can't replicate what you heard at Georgia to prepare for Tennessee. What gets me about this is, I mean, Gary Danielson is a former 
professional quarterback, which means he was a former collegiate quarterback, and he's been in those environments as a player, and you're going to tell me that there's no difference in 80,000 and 100,000 or 108,000 or whatever? I, look, the, my, my issue with, with this is players disagree. Players disagree. Coaches disagree. I mean, we just talked about um, the guy from Texas San Antonio a couple of weeks ago after they played at Neyland. It's it's a different world. I mean, th when Oklahoma came to Neyland a few years back, when, when Tennessee wasn't even good, and they talked about how loud it was relative to anywhere else they had played. It, it's almost like people go out of their way to discredit Neyland in particular. You know, we talked with Christopher Gabriel about it, and he, you know, he said it's a different type of loud. It's it's more of a rumble, and than than a than a tin box necessarily. And and sure, I mean that's probably part of it. But and, and again, you know, some stadiums aren't necessarily built for loud. Again, I was fortunate enough to go up to Michigan. Now, it was a Vanderbilt game. It was a season opener in 2007. You know, maybe they weren't motivated to be loud. I, at Michigan, Ohio State, at Michigan probably Stadium might sound different than Michigan Vanderbilt. No, no, that know. wouldn't. Loud is loud, though. Good point. But I mean, it, you know, I could say you just proved, disproved this point right there. There we go. I, I, <laughs> I stood on the field and had a conversation with a guy about as close as for me to you right now and talked about like this. You're, that's not going to happen in the, certainly not in an SEC environment. Right. So I don't know. It's it's a little it's just it's just ridiculous. It's it's speaking of disingenuous. I think that this, this is a disingenuous comment. I think it's it's easy to pick on Tennessee because that's you know they are going to give you interaction as I have learned this week. Although I will say that one thing I learned about tweeting that you know Tennessee fans make me not want to be a Tennessee fan. <laughs> There are a number of people that agree with you, though. Oh, there, there, there were plenty, even in my comments. But mm -hmm. you know, I, I said, "Thank goodness for the pockets of the people of, of people that we do have mm -hmm. that I interact with," and you know, got a lot of comments about, "Well, then don't be a Tennessee fan. Bye. We don't need you." Blah blah. This. I'm like, see, this is why people say we can't read. This is why people make fun of us and say we can't read because clearly. Some of us can't. It's very frustrating. But anyway, let's take a break. We've got 10 high school football games to pick. We're going to do it right after this on Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Come back to the Lee Company studio right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint time now to go to the Main Street Preps Pick'em High School Football Picks. Mo, congratulations. 10-0 last week. Got lucky. That's a good day. That's that's not a bad day. I'll take it. I'll you were the only one to go 10-0 because yeah. you were the only person to pick Columbia Academy. Right? Really? No, no, I'm sorry. You were the only NBA. Pick, that's right, Montgomery Bell Academy. You were yeah. the only one to pick NBA. I just felt like Marty Uverard was going to figure out a way to get it done. Hard to lose on the week you're announced as the Hall of Fame, isn't it? There you go. It'd be a tough day. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a good weekend for Marty. <laughs> good weekend for the former Blue Raider, yeah. So I'm just That's saying. a big win for him. It, yeah. it was. Speaking of former Blue Raiders, did, I know that you – you, re you responded. What, what do you think about my idea of putting the boot statue somewhere where players could slap his hand when he goes by, when they go by to the stadium? That's, well, it, it beats the idea of a Pegasus statue. 
Look, I don't have any problem with the Pegasus. I, I, I absolutely do. I know. I, I understand. I don't know why, but apparently you're not the only one that doesn't <laughs> like the horse thing. Now, I don't know about what is Old Blue. I believe Old Blue was a dog, not not old. Like Old Blue. Old Blue. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. They they said old, mm, and that's why well, I didn't understand. I'm sure they did. Old Blue makes a little more sense as a dog, mm -hmm. but. <clears throat> But I was curious. I was like, "What? What? What's what's the problem with the horse? Apparently, it was a it was a point of contention at some point in history. Was. It, it, it was when 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 lightning was introduced, he was not universally accepted. Clearly, <laughs> and 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 little has changed. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, those those curmudgeonly old men and whatnot. Those those old farts that. Well, don't I, want change. I, I wasn't an old fart at the time it was introduced, but you know I have since become one, I guess. But. Well, I mean, I don't I, look. I don't. I don't care either way. You, because again, I don't care. Right. But you've got your AKC. So. We do. I do have a little AKC. Of course, did not do much AKing <laughs> this week. So. Anyway, got it AKed, but. Yeah, I was. I mean, someone said that that I guess it was the sidelines mm -hmm. folks that said that you know middle needed a statue. And I was like, well, is the one of boots not enough? Because they have a statue you, you of a, boots. You got a Hall of Fame coach with He's a right statue. There. What? What's that? And he and, and apparently they meant a statue of the horse of lightning or something similar. No. And like I'm fine with that. I mean, whatever. But I just think it would be cool if, because the the statue of Boots is him having his hand out. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of perfect. Just, just slap it as you go by. Yeah, you you slap Coach on the way in. There you go. I, I think that would be really cool because they walk through the tunnel right there, right by Lightning's. You'd have to move. Room. You'd have to move the statue, obviously. Well, because it's out in front of the Hall of Fame and right now. But everything else is. We had moved right now anyway, so there you go. Pick her up and put her right there inside the stadium, and yeah, that's part of the 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 you know the, the game day intro. The there we go. I think that would be a cool tradition. It's kind of like Howard Rock, but way cooler because Howard Rock sucks. It's kind of rock. It's a rock. It's a rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? I, what did Howard like pick it up and move it or something? I, I, I don't know what the what the significance of it's like of Plymouth. How? It's like Plymouth Rock. Like, have you ever been there? You ever seen pictures of Plymouth Rock? No. It's 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 a literal rock. Like I thought it was like a a giant boulder. Just a rock. No, it's just a rock. Oh. Yeah, about like that. Well, I, I just know from Malcolm X that we didn't land on it. Clearly, it landed on it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, it's funny that you say that because I, I don't know why it reminded me. That it reminded me of going October 11th, October 12th, October 13th, October 14th. <laughs> I was intoxicated. <laughs> Each of those days. <laughs> that's, that's all it made me think of. I don't know why. Friday night, Gallatin at Wilson Central. <laughs> Get this oh, thing back on track. Gallatin at Wilson Central. Well, this is a region match. Uh, and I think it, Wilson Central was open this past weekend. Yeah, everybody in Wilson County was. And I only know that because 
I, I listened to Tommy's two minutes of radio gold and 17 seconds of silence, he said. <laughs> and, and, and he said, look, it's, this, is, this is not a wrap up because I have nothing to wrap up. Everyone was off. <laughs> so he had nothing to do. I don't know. Did they even have a sports section in the Wilson paper last week? With everybody just, off? Just Larry Woody and that's it. <laughs> But, uh, I, you know, I, me and everybody else, Gallatin Green Wave, I feel like Gallatin's got to win this one. Uh, they, they are right in the thick of the playoff race. Wilson Central likely out, and for me, it's Gallatin here. Yeah, Gallatin was also off this past week ah. after losing 26-23 to Cookville two weeks ago, breaking a three-game win streak. I think the Green Wave – reestablishes themselves against a Wilson Central team that has lost four straight coming into this ball game, including a 41-6 loss at Lebanon two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, 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 I just, I got to go with, with Gallatin here. Just feel like they've got a little bit more oomph. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving along, Mm -hmm. Stewart's Creek at Smyrna. It's another region game, right? Yes. And Smyrna comes into this one three and four. Of course, Stewart's Creek's five and one didn't help them last week. Because <clears throat> didn't they, they lose to one and five? No. That no, wasn't no. them? No, no. No, they were off last week. Oh, okay. That's right, because they're... Okay. Yeah, no, they're uh, Rutherford County. Um, Smyrna has won their last three. They were also off last week. A lot of folks off last week, obviously. But um, Smyrna defeated Laverne, McGavick, and East Nashville, winning that one 17-14 before their off week. Yeah, their four losses are nothing to slouch at. Mm-mm. No, Riverdale, Rockville, Siegel, and Ravenwood. 0-4 to open the year were the Bulldogs before getting back, like you said, to 3-4. and four. Uh, Stewart's Creek won at West Creek a couple of weeks ago, opened last week. They are 5-2. and two. Yeah, their loss is to Rockville and to Antioch. Yeah. I, um, I like Stewart's Creek in this one. I like Stewart's Creek because they beat Tullahoma. Of course, so did Franklin County. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, your guess is as good as mine in that one. Um, but yeah, I, I've got I've got Stewart's Creek, but you know, wouldn't surprise me if the Bulldogs pull this cautiously optimistic. Cautiously, yeah. Well, <laughs> Monty Hale and Casey Patrick think the Bulldogs can pull it off. Monty Hale, sports editor at the Murfreesboro Post, <laughs> correct? Might have a little insight. That's what I was thinking. So, Pope Prep at Rockvale. A lot of interesting matchup. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, last year this would have been a barn burning matchup. Mm. A little bit less exciting, maybe. Pope Prep lost a lot yeah. from last year. Well, so did Rockfeld, in- including Kenny Minchie. Um, but Pope Prep won their last outing, won in overtime at Battleground Academy to get to three and four. Um, I like the running back, Elijah Robb, mm-hmm. for, for Pope Prep. 
and I feel like he's going to make a difference. <coughs> you right? No. I'm sorry. I'm struggling. I, I feel like he's going to make a difference at some point in this ball game. I'm, I'm expecting it to be a low-scoring game, but I think Pope Prep gets it done on the road. Yeah, I mean, Rockville's had a tough, tough season at Nolansville. Smyrna, Tullahoma, Stewart's Creek, Riverdale, Oakland, Coffee County. This has not been an easy schedule, and they've still won three ball games mm -hmm. against it. So, you know, I I certainly think Rockville can can compete, but I've got this one a four point win for Pope Prep. Yeah. A lot of Rutherford County flavor in this one, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's three games in a row we've had Rutherford County teams. So. And this one's for who gets the biggest piece of turkey at Thanksgiving <laughs> in the Kreisky household. Finally, when, the Kreisky Bowl. When Matt takes the Blackman Blaze to face Will and the Riverdale Warriors. And I don't want to say the cupboard was bare necessarily at Blackman, but, you know, when you lose the talent that they lost from last year, it, it's kind of tough. And Riverdale's really good at the quarterback spot. Riverdale's got a good football team, a, a better football team than I expected them to have this year. And, and and maybe that was, you know, my naivety. But, yeah, I mean, to me, Riverdale has has certainly shown that, you know, last year was a, a little bit of an outlier. And so I have the Warriors in this one. Yeah, Riverdale five and two. Their two losses are to at Henry County by point, and at Germantown by nine. Now it looks like the bulk of their schedule is in front of them because they finish against Blackman tomorrow night at home at Siegel and at Oakland. But um, I think they tune up for it with a win here, get their fourth straight win and, and roll into Siegel with some momentum. And um, I don't know if you heard me talking to um, Jojo Freeman when we were at the MTSU Jack State game. Um, apparently the Siegel quarterback, the one that put up those big numbers in the opener, I think his name is Santel. Mm -hmm. Thomas. Uh, Thomas Santel. Broken collarbone. Yeah, he's been out for a couple so, of weeks, I think. So, yeah, that um, will certainly make a difference in that ball game. But um, regardless, I, I think Riverdale gets it done here against visiting Blackman. All right, before we take a break, one final one. Mm -hmm. Down here in southern middle Tennessee, Eagleville at Loretto. Loretto undefeated right now. Loretto undefeated, Eagleville 4-3, and non-region matchup. Um, we will talk more about this on our Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show later. Um, we'll also pick it later. So you know what? Let's just not tell them who we're picking. 
<laughs> a little suspense. We'll, we'll, huh? give, we'll leave a little suspense because there's only three games. So let's not take any suspense. That's all the suspense is already gone. There you so go. Add to it. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to know who we pick in Eagle Loretto, you can watch at six fifteen tonight at uh, Main Street Media TV on the Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show that now, airs each week now, on who, Thursday. Who is the Main Street? I don't think there is one. There's because one because uh, our esteemed voice. That's right. Is, is in, is in London. London. Yeah. yeah so I don't guess there is. He's one. eating. Uh, Peas and chips with gravy. <laughs> mm. All right, then. <laughs> have you seen that picture going around? I've not. There's I a, hope... It's a guy at a soccer match, and he's got he's got a, a plate of fries with like mashed peas and gravy on top of it, and someone said, "Paul Revere saved me from this." <laughs> and thank God. No doubt. <laughs> thank God he did. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, watch that one. There won't be a, a game of the week tonight. So uh, 6.15 tonight you can see Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show, and we'll tell you who we pick in Eagleville at Loretta. We'll take a break when we come back. Five more games to pick, including the Main Street Preps Game of the Week, Lebanon and Mount Juliet right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five more games to pick here on this Preps Thursday. Glad to have you guys with us. It's been a, been a heck of a day. We've, we've enjoyed this one. So yep. we've got one more segment, and we're going to pick five more games. And 
we will start, Mo, here at Friendship Christian and the this is my favorite if there were live mascots on the field. <laughs> the York Institute Dragons. York breathing fire coming into Lebanon, huh? Um, I'm just saying it would be interesting if they could pull it off. It would be interesting, no doubt. Um, I mean, I guess you could get a Komodo. Now that's a dragon. Yeah, I know. They got them at the Nashville Zoo. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I bet Justin just cracked up, and he's he's like like we can't he yeah. <laughs> we, unfortunately, we can't hear him because but, he's off. But, but yeah, I know that I know he was like that he, was funny, guys. He got job. yeah. He, we got a giggle out of J, <laughs> out of JK with that one. Uh, uh, York yeah. coming into this game undefeated. Wow. Um, that? friendship Christian coming into this game, the defending state champs. Mm -hmm. Um, Clay County. Knoxville Grace, Bledsoe County, Teleco Plains. They won that one 74 nothing on homecoming. Livingston, Oneida, and Stone Memorial are the seven victims who have been burned. Nice. By the dragons. Well done. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, that, that schedule just doesn't scream, you know. It, it, it does not scream win in Lebanon to me against a six and one. Friendship Christian team, whose only loss was to Middle Tennessee Christian, 16-14, and who beat Columbia Academy 42-21 in week three. Well, after falling behind, mm -hmm. what was it? It was 21-8, something like yeah, that. Yeah, at halftime. Yeah. So. so. So the commanders came roaring back in that one. Yeah, that loss to MTCS was a surprise for me, but they bounced back, took a week off. Man, I great job by York. I mean, it's not like that the, any of their games have really been close. Sands the Stone Memorial game, and Stone Memorial was five and one coming into that game, six mm -hmm. and one coming into that game. So I mean, it wasn't you know that, that's a pretty good team. I just don't think they got enough to take care of. I don't a, know that they've been tested the way right. they're going to be tested against Friendship Christian tomorrow night. Yeah. So I'm taking the Commanders. And I'm with you. I got the Commanders as well. You saw this team last week, Nashville Christian, and they're taking the long trek from Bellevue to Fedville. And that being I said, wonder if they're going down tonight. <laughs> Dang near have to. <laughs> but this Fayetteville team, after a couple of deep runs in the state playoffs in a row, have struggled well, in 2023. If you recall, the freshman running back, was it KJ Jackson? Mm -hmm. Is now at Bob Jones mm -hmm. in Alabama. And that doesn't help any. No. Now, they've still got the really good quarterback. And I don't remember his name, but he's a big kid, tall, athletic. And, 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 and they played a tough schedule. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, you're not going to find for a 1A school much tougher schedule than Upperman, Moore County, Giles County, Savannah, Marion County, Cannon County, which is a region game, and they they took care of them pretty pretty, pretty easily. And then Marshall County. 
it's hard for them to find people to play them over the last few years. Which is probably what resulted in this game here. And I mean, they could end the season four and six and host a playoff game. It ain't how many, it's who. Exactly. So don't, don't let their record fool you. They're still athletic. They're still Fayetteville to some degree. And this is a great quarterback matchup because, again, Fayetteville's got the um, junior, Samuel Willoughby, who's been offered by Akron, Central Michigan, and Eastern Kentucky, among others, 66190. And Nashville Christian's got the sophomore, Jared Curtis, 6'3", 210. I think he's down to... He's down to 10. Georgia, Alabama, Florida State, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss as of last month. So you, you have a chance to see some pretty good quarterback play in this ball game. I think Nashville Christian, and I talked to Jeff Brothers after the game Friday night, he was not happy, and not just with the loss. So I think they have been through some stuff this week, and I think they're going to be looking for somebody to take some stuff out on tomorrow night. I like the Eagles on the road here. I'm with you. I think Nashville Christian bounces back, gets the win. But, again, hey, Wade Neely, the Lone Ranger, picks – the Tigers, because I'm telling you, I, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if Fable wins this game. Sure, I wouldn't be surprised. Kenwood at Dixon County. And is Dixon County, they're, they're fighting for a playoff spot in this one, I believe. Are they fighting for a spot? Are they fighting for home field? They're not going to get home field. Rossview, Rossview and Clarksville okay. will, will get home field. Okay. Uh, the winner of that one, whenever it is, uh, they're both five and zero right now. Okay. But yeah, I mean, right now Dixon County, Kenwood, both two and two in the region, mm. uh, and so okay. this is a, this is, and then they've got West Creek, who is just ahead of them. They they could get as high as the three seed with a couple of wins. Dixon County playing for you know big time playoff ball here in that in that region. So Kenwood coming off back to back forty point wins. Kenwood's good. Listen. But those were their first two wins of the Only year. Only two wins of the year, but. Franklin Road Academy, East Nashville, Clarksville to open the season. Now, West Creek and Hillsboro have, are not nearly as good as the first three, but they're still pretty good football teams. Right, right. And then Northeast and Northwest are not. Yeah. So it's almost like I don't really know what to expect. <clears throat> But Dixon County's burned me a couple times this year, and I'm not going to let the Cougars do it again. I just think Jeff Tomlinson is slowly getting them headed in the right direction, and I like the Cougars here. I, I wonder how much his time in Montgomery County <clears throat> helped him be prepared for this region, mm -hmm. whereas someone else may not have been as prepared. May as not have had was. as much insight, yeah. Right. So I, I'm going to go with, with, with the Cougars. All right, Beach. Hosting Siegel again, Sands 
San Santel. San Santel. Yeah. yeah, and on that on the basis of that, I'm taking the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think Beach proved proved something to me last week. Uh, that even though they lost, I think a one point loss to Henry County in overtime proves that you can play with just about anybody. Well, I think we I think we thought that about Beach anyway. Well. I did until they lost 28 to seven independence. And I thought I've seen this independence team, but I, I don't think I realized how good Centennial was. And I thought as eh, Centennial, it may be, but, and now I think I'm, I'm kind of seeing how strong that dish or that region really is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with beach. Cause I don't think that that loss is nearly as bad as I thought it was when it happened. There you go. Okay. And again, game of the week. Lebanon at Mount Juliet should be an interesting ball game. Undefeated Golden Burrs at home. At home against BDP and the Lebanon Blue Devils. Yeah, man, this is going to be a fun atmosphere, I think. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think Mount Juliet eventually gets it done. But I think, it's, like I said, I just think it's going to be an entertaining ball game to, to – when we talk about rivalry games and that kind of thing, and how far back did he say it goes? Continuously, they played since '76. '77. '77. So, man, so there will be a lot of alumni on hand, I would imagine. Oh yeah, and, absolutely, uh, there will be. Yeah, and this this is this is always going to be a good game, um, but I got to go with the Bears. Yeah, and and Up again, and like Trey was saying, Chuck Gentry's got Lebanon playing pretty well right now, but I think Mount Julia gets it done. There you have it. Those are our picks. If you want to see all of the picks, you can go to MainStreetPreps.com. You can watch later Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show where we – the Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show where we pick three Lawrence County games. <laughs> That's not our fault. It's not our fault. It's not uh, our Murray fault. County's not playing. Don't don't so, blame us. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence County is only three teams playing, so that's where that's we'll who be, we picked. And that's who we picked. Uh, we'll be back next week with plenty of Murray County action, but uh, going to be back tomorrow with college football previews and picks as well. Should be a lot of fun. And of course, uh, we're, I'm hoping that we can get a, 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 a report from London hmm. and, hmm. And, and have hopefully I don't want any reports about peas and chips. So no, no, please. Gosh, no. But, but, yeah, hopefully we can get a report from London and see what's up over there. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing you guys here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bon & Joe. We'll be back to the Lee Company studio at 2 o'clock tomorrow here on Main Street Media Television. Until then, we'll see you next time.